But yeah, that's oh, that's good. That's really mm-hmm. good tea. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and get started. So welcome everybody to the latest episode of Hot Chocolate and Snowflakes. I'm Hot Chocolate, and I'm Snowflake. Actually, <laughs> okay. hmm? that was my nickname growing up, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to call this show that because my auntie called me Snowflake because I was her first niece ever. Nice. Then my mom had more kids, and I wasn't the only <laughs> niece ever. Um, but so we're a little, we're slightly delirious tonight because it is ten uh, thirty, and it's been a long day. So we should not have started this this late. But we have a long day tomorrow as well. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Yeah. So, but before we get started, we are actually going to do a little taste test. Um, now this is Martinelli's. It is. Their oh, sparkling not, blend. Yes, you're not going to see that because it's backwards. <laughs> um, I'm so tired. Um, and, but this is uh, grown fresh apples and raspberry concentrate. Well, new to me, anyways. I've never seen that. I, yeah, I don't, I've not seen this one before. They and just the bottle's it, really cool. It's usually sparkling blush. Green, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They green. have some green ones. Yeah, but, um, but yeah. So and this it's is, got the really cool top of the bottle yeah so so we're we're gonna uh try this out we also have our polar express mugs that uh this was from the what two 2015 year yes okay so tonight we're we're uh reviewing i mean obviously we told you this last week but now we're gonna tell you again we're reviewing the polar express and you're going to find out a whole lot about why this movie is Big for our family. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the um, uh, theories behind it. Uh, there's a lot of controversy in regards to whether or not people, you know, actually like the movie. Um, you know, we'll dig into the un- uncanny valley and all that good stuff. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first, we're going to go ahead and try a little bit of this, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of a, a recommendation for you. M- maybe it smells just like. It smells like apple juice. It just like, smells like, like regular Martinelli's. Okay, so let's see. That doesn't taste like regular Martinelli's, though. It has that nice little hint. Oh, that's good. Ooh, that's that's really, really, really good. good. Okay, so. That's really yummy. A nice Christmas uh, festive beverage that even the kiddos can drink. It is sparkling, <laughs> <laughs> sparkling Blush by Martinelli's. Martinelli's, you can feel free to kick us a couple of, you know, a little change or maybe a couple of bottles. Uh, as a sponsor for the show, I am totally tagging them in this. <laughs> Being that I can't like drink wine anymore, mm-hmm. it has that nice. I almost, I don't know. It's it's just really nice. It doesn't taste like just fizzy apple juice. Right. Yeah. This is really really, really good. So Martinelli's, like you knocked it out of the park on that one. But without further ado, we are going to talk about one of, if not yeah, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Of all time, um, it is the Polar Express, which uh, came out in uh, which wait well, what year was this? Um, yeah, I have it up here too. Um, so this came out in two thousand and four. Okay, so this came out three three years after Tasha and I got married. We did not see it in theaters back then, but once it came out on DVD, we uh, we picked it up. We watched it when we were living in Florida. We Marissa. Was Kel- Kelton, yeah, Kelton was here. He was very, very small, though. Oh, because you guys We had- lived in a duplex. Yes, this was... In Palm Coast. Kelton was... Like, maybe... He, wasn't he was even- not one. Yeah, he wasn't even full... He wasn't one yet. So, uh, was he? 
Yes, he was one. Mm, no, he, he wasn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, he sorry. sorry. We're trying to go back on our, our own personal history. He was one. Yeah. He, or was, he was like two. When, when we watched it, we'll he was right around two. Two. One two. Um, But uh, we instantly fell in love with the movie. So uh, I'm just going to, before we dig into, actually, no, let's go into the movie first and then we'll tell some stories afterwards. Um, you know, just uh, like the uh, our trip and all that good stuff. So. Oh, yeah. With this movie, um, this, you know, a little bit of trivia. Wait, what's up? Are you sure we shouldn't explain why we love this movie so much? <laughs> Maybe first? we should. Okay, so the reason... All right, so <laughs> for everyone that really knows us, you guys probably know this story, but just bear with us for any new uh, listeners or watchers, depending on where they're consuming uh, this show. Um, back in 2011, uh, we found out that... Uh, Bryson City, North Carolina, which was the closest one to us, they mm-hmm. had, you know, the, uh, the Great Smoky Mountain Railroad. Shout out to you guys. Um, they uh, have a their own, uh, you know, they do themed train rides. So like in uh, around Thanksgiving, you know, it's more like peanuts, you know. So like the Great Pumpkin and all. Wait, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Great Pumpkin is more so around Halloween, though, right? Yes. Yeah, and then but you know, so they have a couple of different themed train rides, but then they do the Polar Express. And so they, you know, they deck out the train. It's, you know, with all they make it look very Christmassy. Uh they have hot chocolate, hence the mugs cuz they, you know, they have the commemorative mugs and uh Santa comes on the train, you go through the town and they have all, you know, the town participates and all the lights are up. It's a really really cool thing. We really wanted to do it, but we were broke, like broke, broke. And, you know, I mean, the tickets were, you know, they're, they're not cheap, you know, well, not at least for the, for the first, first class. class, which is what we wanted because you get the mug and the bell and you get to see Santa and yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like the full package. So what I did was I decided to surprise the family and I took on a bunch of side projects and with my side projects, I went and um, saved up the money. And I bought the tickets. I had a connection at the Great Smoky Mountain Railroad. Shout out to Gail. Um, she, re- you know, she really helped us out. Every time that I would call to, you know, make some arrangements or get some information, she was always the one that I spoke with. She was really, really awesome. So yeah, I'm going to link to the video at the very end of this video. Um, and it's like my most watched video so far on YouTube. Um, so... I filmed the entire, you know, I, I made up the story. I got uh, everything, you know, I, I even had uh, the kids, um, uh, like, house coats. house coats embroidered with their names on it. You know, I did the, I did up this whole big package. This is probably like, you know, peak dad moment here. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. But uh, came home, surprised them. We had to drive four and a half hours to North Carolina. She was sick because she was, pregnant, was pregnant with Nick, our youngest. Ooh. It was, you know, she wasn't feeling good. Terry was, uh, our, uh, he was, he was our just youngest getting at the time. Over having the flu. Yeah. And he was the youngest at the time. And you'll see in the video, he's yeah. sitting on the couch. He's covered in blankets. Wasn't feeling all that hot, but came home, said, we're going, we get in the car. We drive to North Carolina. Everyone's excited. Um, we get there and we have an absolute blast. I mean, it is by far one of my favorite memories for our family, you know, it was just ma- everything about that night was just magic. Um, so 
we, you know, we get on the train, or train, we do the whole deal. Santa comes on, gives the bells. It's, you know, it's amazing. Uh, our oldest son, he was on a massive sugar rush the entire time. We, <laughs> he goes, what? We get back into the van. Everyone's, you know, wired for probably a good 20 minutes, and then everyone falls asleep. We're driving back home. We didn't stay overnight again. We didn't, you know, we were still kind of broke. <laughs> but um, driving back, I'm driving for four and a half hours, late at night, just like this. Because <laughs> I had uh, I had accomplished, you know, this big thing. We'll film the entire thing, cut it together. And uh, again, I mean, we've had people that live in Bryson. We've had people that decided to go there based on the video. Well, when we went back the second time after our youngest was born, which is the next year, we had people, some people came up to us, some people then left messages on the video later saying they saw us there because they rec- we were sort of recognizable. <laughs> Especially in small towns. Um, we're big and we're different colored. <laughs> um, and, you know, so we stood out and, you know, we did have people come up and it, it's just, again, something that we talk about a lot as a family. Um, so, we, and, you know, just the whole magic of the movie, um, the music. Um, you know, I mean, there's several different things about this movie. Uh, one of my favorite directors, Robert Zemeckis, you know, he directed this and he's gone on to do several other, um, all CGI. He did, um, Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, the motion capture there. He directed that. Of course, he is the director of Back to the Future. So he is just, you know, again, by far one of my favorite directors. Um, but, you know, the cast obviously is insane. Tom Hanks. Um, you got uh, Eddie uh, Deason, who played uh, Eugene in um, Greece. Um, you got Nona Gay. Uh, I mean, Peter Scolari. You have tons. Well, I mean, Peter Scolari, he did the uh, motion, motion capture. capture yeah. But uh, this was the first movie that uh, they're in the Guinness Book of World Records because it was the first movie that did uh, motion capture um, completely. For, yeah, it was fully motion capture. <sighs> so that's something, I mean, you know, that's something that they, you know, they hold the title for. And several other movies have gone on after it to uh, mimic, perfect. Um, and as things have uh, gotten better with technology, mm-hmm. it you know, it's just gotten better and better. But the Polar Express, they hold the key of saying, you know, we were the first ones. We were the pioneers. Well, it was, it was, it was cutting edge mm-hmm. when it came out. They were obviously the first movie that used it fully, but they were one of the, the first movies who, who used it in such a scope. Exactly. And also this movie, again, we were talking about the uh, soundtrack. Alan Silvestri is by far one of my favorite composers. I mean, he makes some amazing music. And, and then you have Josh Groban. And yeah, so, of course you yeah. got Josh Groban. So <laughs> this movie, okay, so the general synopsis, because I'm not going to do what we did last time to where it was, you know, where I, I kind of went point by point. I think it's going to be different with different movies. I think with White Christmas, I think that was... There were so many little things throughout the whole movie that it wouldn't have made sense if you didn't do that. Right. But, yeah. I don't think this needs to happen because there's no, like, funny parts of, you know, somebody looking off camera and laughing. (laughs) We're we're talking about you, Danny Kay. Uh, Rest in peace. Um, But uh, another thing, uh, a reason why that we're doing this movie tonight is... um, 
Well, I mean, you can see the decorations behind us. You can't see behind the camera, but uh, sorry, I did not just These put... These are already here. Well, I know, but still, there's, there's still some that are up at the top that you can barely see. Our tree see. is up. Our tree is up. We have some more decorations over here. Um, and it's only November 2nd. Um, for us, uh, we went uh, on the Polar Express a very, you know, actually it was um, November 11th, I think, uh, back mm -hmm. in 2013. But our, but our tree was 11. still up, right? Yes, our tree was still yeah. up. Um, so November we, 1st. We always set this November 1st or... Typically Whatever the first, weekend. first weekend of yeah. November. And it just landed, yeah. it happened to land on the first uh, this time. We set that as, we call it our Polar Express weekend. We set up the tree. We, uh, it's the second today, just so you know. That's what I said. I said today was the second, We but we uh, you started. Said it, you said it happened on the first. Okay, so, well, I just misspoke. Anyway, um, <laughs> we, uh, now I'm all off track. Uh, we, Shocking. We, hey. Um, we started um, doing making this a tradition where uh, the first weekend of November we set up the tree. We we call it Polar <laughs> Express Day. Yes, because I mean we watch the movie after we set up the tree. Sometimes it turns into a weekend. Two days. Two days <laughs> because someone doesn't test the lights and get them ready to go. Well, most of the time I the do. No, you do not. Well, well actually, no. no, no. Yes, I do. No. Yes. No. Okay, we're gonna. For the last to... three years, we have had to stop and go buy Christmas lights. But that's not always. Maybe it's just the last three years. It's been off. Anyhow, moving on. <laughs> what? Our last house, we had to stop and go buy Christmas lights at Target. But luckily, and then halfway through the Christmas season, we had to undecorate our Christmas tree because the Target lights died. Uh, but we still would love you as a as a sponsor, Target. <laughs> Well, they were wonderful because they took their lights back. This is very true. Questions asked. Um, we just live so uh, dang blasted far from town that, uh, but luckily, you know, we got some good ones. We today. got some good ones today because uh, you know all our lights were dead. Yeah, like almost all of them. Um, so we went and we uh, put up the tree, mm -hmm. and you know we just got done watching the movie. The two youngest, they are overtired. They have and hot chocolate. They've, yeah, we had hot chocolate. We have a special which, meal sometimes. By the so way. Um, and I know we haven't even uh, hopped into the movie yet, but I'm going to throw on a recipe at the very end, uh, or actually on the post that I make with this uh, mm -hmm. on com, where you uh, we tried vegan hot chocolate for the first time. And because I can't do meat or dairy or anything. It makes and, me very sick. And actually our two oldest as well, they're, yes. they're vegan as well, so... Um, we want, and they're not doing, uh, obviously not doing dairy. So we needed to come up with a way for everyone to be able to enjoy hot chocolate. But not only did we make vegan hot chocolate, we also made vegan, um, marshmallow, marshmallow fluff. fluff. And I brulee something for the first time today and it came out amazing. Um, so we're going to put that recipe at the very end. It was really, really cool. So Going back into the movie, the movie itself, um, just the overview, there's a kid that doesn't, uh, you know, he's starting to question whether or not Santa is real or not. Um, you know, he has all these articles about how, you know, mall Santas are on strike and you see a kid pulling off a, a store, department store Santa's beard. Oh, never mind. That's for later. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I'm curious. Um, but then you also have, uh, you know, he thinks he sees the shadow of Santa's uh, little sister and his dad, but then he falls asleep, and then all of a sudden he wakes up to a whole bunch of commotion outside. He looks outside, 
He freaks out. He grabs his house coat, rips it a little bit. There's a hole. Comes back later. Um, runs outside, and then there's this big train. And then you have Tom Hanks, who is oh, he's amazing. Um, he's the conductor. He plays several characters, five characters in this movie. And uh, he gets on the train, and he goes. You know, they pick up. You know, one other kid. There's a bunch of other kids on the train. They uh, go through all these different obstacles and crazy things that happen. They eventually get to the North Pole. Santa gives out a, you know, the first gift of Christmas, and then they go home. That's kind of just the overview of the movie. A lot goes on in the middle of it. There's a lot in this movie. I mean, like, there's a lot to go over. There's tons of theories, and we actually came up with our own additional theory tonight, thanks to our oldest son. But it Um, fits in with your theory to begin with. it, It really, really does. See, originally, with this... I originally uh, came up with the thought that uh, Santa was essentially um, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. And the reason why I say this, either that or he's in relation to it, because there's one, or actually there's probably about five or six frames in this movie. If you freeze it just right, you see a flux capacitor in the ca- uh, you know in the um, uh, the ca- main cab of the train. Mm-hmm. So. Engine Yeah, the engine room. So with that, if you have a flux capacitor, obviously you can travel through time, stop time, the whole nine. So that actually kind of plays into the whole thing of it's always five minutes to to midnight the entire trip. But then that kind of – I started thinking about it a little bit. And one of my theories – actually, the theory that I kind of roll with is – being that Tom Hanks plays several characters and he does the motion capture even for the main character. He voices three three characters mm-hmm. and he motion captures two characters. So that's his five characters. No, he, he does four. He, he does uh, four. He does the father. He does the conductor. He does the hobo and he does Santa. Oh, pardon. Yes. Yeah. He, so, so he does, he, he does four characters. And motion capture for all of those. And the, and the hero, boy. hero boy. They call him hero boy, but I think uh, there's some renditions where... Uh, the main character is named it's after. Oh, is in the book. Yes, because it's this named after is, the author of the book. This movie is based Chris. on a book, uh, the polar of the same name. It's a lot shorter. Um, if you buy the special edition, you get it, to hear Leslie Nielsen. No, no, uh, Liam Neeson. That's what I meant, not <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, because that would be weird. <laughs> uh, but interesting. Uh, now, now I want to, I want the Polar Express narrated by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Boy, get on the train! Um, totally different movie. Totally different movie. <laughs> um, but uh, with that being said, though, there, uh, my theory on this is the father, the hobo, the conductor, and Santa are all related. Okay? They're brothers. They're all all four of them are brothers. Santa is obviously the oldest brother. Um and they all have different traits. Uh they needed one brother to leave the North Pole so he could get married, have a kid um that wasn't raised, you know, the, you know, someone that someone that they could essentially kind of groom to really believe and not just grow up in the North Pole. So when the hero boy, the main character starts doubting things a little bit he probably rings up his brothers he's like all right he's it's time we need to get him get him ready because my theory is hero boy is the next in line to be santa he's the next you know he's the next generation so they need him to 
you know, raise up and eventually take over, take over. So the, everyone has a role to play. The father is the one that, you know, raises him. And then the conductor, you know, he, you know, he essentially kind of is the puppet master. He's the one that, you know, controls everything. He schedules everything. He had, you know, he's the organized one. Um, you know, he, he, there's several things that he says to him, uh, throughout the movie that is, um, just, just very directional, you know, kind of singling him out. Um, and then you also have the hobo who is there. His role is a little bit to help, you know, to try to make him question things a little bit more, but also show a little bit of magic, you know? So yeah, he's the one who uses magic the most. The most, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, you have Santa who is Santa. Um, so... There was an additional. Should I get into the additional theory that Kelton came up with uh, today, or we'll do that one a little bit later on? Mm, Actually, no. I'm going to throw it in there now. All right. So you have several other characters that play uh, play into this movie. They're they're the, the the children. There's a bunch of children on on the train, but they only focus on a set few. You have Hero Boy. You have uh, Hero Girl, who is played by Nona Gay. Um, you have the Lonely Boy. His name's Billy. And then you have Know It All, um, who anyone that has seen this movie, they know who Know It All is because he just keeps on talking and he just comes up with uh, useless facts. Or are they? <laughs> well, first of all, it's so funny how the character, it, before I knew who it was, I knew who it was because he looks it, so much like him. Yes, he it's does. It's crazy. And even though he's how old is he? Um, yeah, um, I mean, he, he was at, at the very least an adult. He was born in 57, so um, I'm, it's too late 57? for me to do 57? Yeah, he was born he was in... He's two years older than my mother. Yeah, he was born in 1957. Um, so would that put him in his 60s? I think that'll put him in his 60s. You know... W- w- calculator. Calculator, yeah. Pull up a calculator because it's way too late for us to do that. Um, but uh, so those are the main characters okay and then you also have you know just a few there's a few other kids that you don't really you see them in the background often but they don't 62 62 okay so when they're i did uh, not know he was that old he does not look he does not look that old no not at all so he reminds me of my uncle actually (laughs) the way he looks the way he grins this is very true (laughs) um and maybe i'll go ahead and toss that up on the screen a little bit but uh one thing that we that my son and I kind of came up with was that actually the know-it-all kid is actually an elf and he's there to kind of be the spy, if you will. They came up with this theory towards the end of the movie when they're at the North Pole and it was interesting saying that watching the rest of the movie with that in mind, even right after they said that, because it fit Perfectly, you start watching him and watching the different things that happened in the background, and it was like, well, well, see that because where it started for me was Know It All Kid was stuck in the presence uh, after, yes. uh, you know, he he starts tugging on the lonely boy's leg, and he's like, someone's something's got me, and when he, you know they pull him up, he, you know, it's like, where did he come from? The last time you saw him, he was just kind of, you know, he was out of frame, and he's. Kind of just sticks his head out while they're running off. Yeah. Get on uh, the caboose that uh, unlocks, goes down like this really really steep hill. You don't see the know it all, 
on uh, on that uh, train car. So where how was he following them? So we really think you know again if you start listening and watching him throughout the movie, he is saying you know he knows all of the information about the train when uh, they're on the river that's cracking and whatnot. He's the only kid that mentions. Hey, we were on ice, and you know, they, you know, things were whipping around, and it's crazy. Um, he because it, it's like none of the other kids knew. Yes, yeah, like none of the kids uh, were paying attention. And then when uh, they're sitting there talking to Santa uh, at the very, you know, at the very end when Santa's about to uh, go off and start handing out presents, you know, he's the, he's the only one that is watching, like he knows the routine of everything that's going on. He's like not even grinning. Yeah, not even grinning. You know, all the other kids are kind of freaking out whatnot, and he's just like, mm-hmm, yeah, all right, yeah, everything's good. And then at the very end, right when uh, he's saying bye to him, he's like, all right, well, I'll see you later. Like he knew that he was going to eventually see him later on. We want now that, and we just came up with this theory not even like a half hour ago. Actually, no, it probably went about 45 minutes ago. And we're like, we need to rewatch this from the beginning well, I mean, we've been it's recording been two hours. Has it been two hours? Oh, it has been two hours. Oh, it's late. <laughs> anyway, so if you look His back, body is the only one that doesn't care. Yeah, I'm. <gasps> I, I'm wired for some reason. I'm not sure. Anyway, with me. <laughs> well, this isn't going to be a very long episode, I don't think, because uh, I mean, there Say is what? What you don't think it's going to be? You think it's going to be? We're going to go for a it's little bit Polar longer. Express. Yeah, I know. It is Polar Express. The there's a lot of people that don't like this movie because they they call it the uncanny valley. Um, and unca- for those that don't realize it or don't uh, that have never heard that term before, it's essentially uh, with you look at something that's CGI that's supposed to show that's supposed to be lifelike, but you you know the the they a lot of times they'll say it has like dead eyes or they'll say that the movements aren't natural and I'm like well it's CGI especially from 2004 so of course it's not going to be like fully natural. The explanation I saw was that uh, Unca- Uncanny Valley is very similar to or can be likened to interacting with an android. Oh okay I can see that yeah 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 and you know I uh, okay I get that. But again, it was. It was I a, think the movie's beautiful. It was a pioneer. I love it, and we got the Blu-ray of it this crystal past clear. Year. Oh my goodness! Ugh. Yeah, it, I it, love it, it. And the thing is, if you if you look at the scenery as well, I mean, the scenery is absolutely stunning. The way they do the train is absolutely stunning. And I know the that this movie in the was snow. yeah, it was IMAX as well as they did it in 3D. So a lot of you know a lot of the angles while the train's going they get the you know the point of the uh, the front of the train right up in your face and obviously that would have been sticking out to you. Or when the golden ticket, ticket is starts f- flying around or when they're doing the roller coaster the steepest grade what is it steepest grade in the world is yeah. that what he said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know it, it, there there's the the movie has a lot of stunning uh shots in it. Um and you know uh, our theater here in uh, here in uh, Central Oregon, they I believe they play Polar Express every year. So we're going to probably go and try to watch it in theaters this year for the first time. Mm-hmm. But the movie's gorgeous, okay. Um, and I know a lot. Again, I know a lot of people will give it, give it flack, but I personally think that, especially when it comes to like the scenery and the set design and whatnot, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, there's and there's also some people that kind of. 
oddly enough, don't like the message saying that you have to believe in something. And I'm like, all right, for one, I think you're reading into it way too much. Second of all, it's just a cute movie. I mean, it's not something that is like indoctrinating you. And that's the way they're taking it. You know, you you, you look like you're conflicted. No, suddenly I'm like, do you have to believe in something? You're believing in something by not believe, but by thinking you don't have to believe in something. <laughs> it, you it, are. Yeah, it's it, it's circular. <laughs> um, but you know, again, I don't think I don't think that it's something that is that deep. You know, I think that the movie is. You know, I think there is a. I think there is an underlying message, if you want to call it that. Okay. Because. I think that if you look at the average person that people's lives become dull. They get so caught up in everything that they don't see anything. Hmm. So it's that underlying magic. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. Not magic, like. Except, <laughs> except for the hobo, he used a lot of magic, <laughs> and he made what was it? Uh, laundry lemonade. <laughs> La- wait, laundry? Is he saying? Did he say laundry? Yeah, it was laundry lemonade. Yeah, I thought he said lingerie lemonade, <laughs> and I was trying to figure out how socks were lingerie. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> Anyways, lingerie lemonade. But yes, that's a totally that, different movie. <laughs> and and for its time that it was set in, mm, there's mm-hmm. also an underlying we can all get, get along. Because <laughs> um, that is one thing um, with Polar Express. Uh, suppose here because Hero Girl is black. Yeah, the and Hero Boy is white, which is which I find very interesting that they that they went that route. Um, so the Polar Express uh, was supposed to take place in uh, 1955. Uh, you know, the when you look at the different cars, um, you know they're they're the older style cars. Mm-hmm. The houses are a little bit older style. The gifts uh, that the kids get at the end of the movie, you know, they're like puppets and marionettes and things like that. Dollhouse. You, you don't see kids getting yeah. that that type of stuff anymore. Um, you know, and, I mean, the kids were loving it. Creepy. Well, yeah, they were, they were very, very, very creepy. There's always one part we have to skip for the kids because it's creepy. The, yeah, there's this. There's a part. It's a whole w- car full of marionettes like, and puppets, and they're all tangled and dirty. And uh, you, you have one Pinocchio it's that its nose is broken. And that clown looks like it's from Halloween, not <laughs> Christmas. It's, well, it's sitting in the background, just With yeah, yeah, tea hell showing. Not cool, man. Not cool. Um, and you know what did Kelton call the Pinocchio? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Pinocchio. Um, and you know that's another way for the hobo to try to goad him into doubting a little bit um, or question everything that's going on. But the, again, the movie takes place in 1955. Obviously, it would not. It was not a pleasant time for. Uh, interracial kids to play together, let you know. So, you know, and these kids are supposed to be like ten to, I would say, ten to thirteen, maybe, maybe, maybe Ooh, even I nine think to thirteen is pushing it. So maybe like I think nine, nine to, to twelve. Nine to twelve. 
Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, they they seem to. Sorry, I did not mean to cough in your face. <laughs> um, poof. Uh, but so they th- there was one thing that we actually noticed tonight for the first time. But I at least think she's gonna be Mrs. Claus. <laughs> which is very true, you know, and uh, obviously it's not against anything there, I believe. <laughs> um, but there's a scene right when he's about to get off, you know, when he's getting off the train and, you know, she's standing there with him. The, the, okay. Before he says this, I was, we were actually having this discussion before we were watching tonight. I think it was even before we watched it because we watched it twice this week. Yeah. Or this past seven days, whatever. Um, because I remember talking to you about, Wondering how she felt knowing that the next day she wouldn't see him again. Right. Because that was, and forgive me, I'm not from the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Canada. So um, was there segregation still in 1950? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yes, I know. I should probably know this, but I don't. And no. it's really late. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. So knowing that she wouldn't see him again. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here, this is j- j- just hopping into it. So 1955 was uh, during uh, d- December 5th, 1955 to December 20th, 1956. So this would have been right, right. in that time frame because the movie wow. takes place Christmas 1955. The Montgomery bus boycott was a civil rights protest during the African where uh, African Americans refused to ride city buses buses <laughs> in Montgomery. Mon- wow, I can't talk tonight. Montgomery, Alabama, to protest. Ah, oh, protest. Protest. <laughs> Talking we about something super stop serious. Recording so late. It's so late. But I'm protesting. Um, but they were protesting uh, segregation on buses. Now this movie uh, starts in uh, Michigan. Michigan, right? It was Grand, Grand Rapids? Rapids, Michigan. Okay, so, and uh, the one thing that um, the author um, was named uh, Chris. What's his name? You have it up. So. Yeah, I do have it up. Um, the Chris Van Allsburg. Um, the street that the lonely boy, the kid that's essentially poor on the other side of the tracks, um, his house is where uh, is the same address that the author grew up on. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was. I thought you had said it was Zemeckis. No, 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 no. That was uh, no. It was. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. I could be wrong now. now. Now you're making me wonder about that, and it'll be in the trivia on here. But um, yeah, I'll look up. yeah if you can, yeah, if you can go ahead and look that up. So with, uh, you know, with again with that the, at the very end when she, uh, Hero Girl is saying goodbye to Hero Boy, he's getting off the train, and she's like. You know, she says bye, but then the CGI they used for her facial expression was there was so much heavy weight behind it. Like, I'm never going to see this guy again. He's now my new best friend. I, I absolutely love this kid, and I'm not going to see him ever again. And, you know, she kind of just hangs her head a little bit and kind of just steps back into the train. Mm-hmm. While they're having their little interaction, because she gives them a hug, then they shake hands, and they kind of just kind of blush at each other. Tom Hanks, 
the conductor, he's standing there and he's like looking over his shoulder. He's like, he looks at his watch. He's like, oh my God, these kids, you know, he, <laughs> he's kind of done is ready to go, you know? And then of course he imparts a little bit uh, more knowledge to uh hero boy. And then there, you know, and then the train leaves again. But so this movie in a roundabout way was also tackling, you know, the, the, the times, uh, you know, how things were back in, uh, during those times, you know, and there was a couple of other black kids that were on the train, you know, they were, they dealt with poverty. All right. So is it Robert Zemeckis? Zemeckis? Okay. Yes. So it was Zemeckis. Okay. So yes. yeah. Uh, one, Zemeckis. Uh, uh, His childhood one, house. 11344 Edbrook Avenue. On the south side of Chicago. And if you go and take a look at uh, the house right now, it looks very close mm -hmm. to the house that's actually the um, lonely boy uh, is living in. So they, they tackled, you know, um, wealth and, you know, the, well, not wealth inequality, but I would say uh, um, poverty. They mm -hmm. were tackling interracial stuff that was going on. Um, and again, it was subtle. It wasn't like it was shoving it down your throat. Like it you was, don't, when she leaves, that's it that look that last her walking in the car that's it and one of the kids tonight asked why and i was like because if they had showed anything else it would have been segregation it would have been showing how things were back then yeah and you know so and there was actually a lot of subtle things in this movie that i absolutely love like at the very beginning uh, you know, they allude to um, Hero Boy's mother being pregnant uh, with another kid. You don't really see her stomach all that much because of just the way the angles were. But there's just one scene where she turns around and she's walking out of the daughter's room and she does that knowingly puts her hands on her belly just for just for a brief second and, and it's just like oh that she's pregnant with another kid you know so i mean you have that and then of course the look that she had on her face then uh several of the looks that the conductor has um there are so many little nuances to this that even still now watching it how many years later mm -hmm. we're still picking up on things that we didn't see all these years we've watched and even the, and even the kids now are starting to pick up on stuff and that's kind of how the whole know-it-all theory of him being an elf came about this uh this evening <clears throat> so yeah and for some reason we're, we are ha dealing with all this coughing and oh, stuff no. but it's Mine the season the, the bubbly <laughs> oh <laughs> mine's just a cold um but yeah so and another thing that uh about this movie was this was michael jeter's last movie now michael jeter for those that are unfamiliar here i'm going to uh, pull up him on or pull him up on uh imdb because he has a very long list i only know him from two things i know him from sister act mm -hmm. two yeah uh yeah he wasn't in the first one yeah sister act two and sesame street because he was mr noodle <coughs> yes so uh michael jeter he uh Wow, he died at age 50. I did not realize that. He died really young. He died very unexpectedly. I know that because they didn't finish. He didn't get to finish. Yeah, he didn't get to finish his role. Now, that actually, you know, it was... Oh, it, so it looks like they just did archive footage for him for uh, the Elmo's World for mm -hmm. that. Yeah, because he didn't... Uh, he got to finish uh, doing his vocal, which he, he didn't really have a lot of speaking lines because he played he two characters. Was he just the motion captor? He capture? was the motion cap, most motion captor, and I think he 
was going to sing the song. Right. There was a song that because got there was a song that got scratched um, because he because he didn't finish it. He didn't finish it because um, again died very unexpectedly. And they dedicated this movie to him. Um, you know, and th- yeah, again, this movie. Oh, and that's another thing. I just have to <laughs> I have to get into it a little bit. And we're this is something that well we were talking about it all tonight. I know it's a magic train, but oh. they are not <laughs> consistent with how many train cars there are. It is the single most inconsistent thing in this entire movie. I mean, all right. So the movie starts out with five, oh, four train cars. Um, behind the coal and behind the oh yeah yeah, yeah. behind the yeah. engine, and then at one point you see there is literally like I would say twelve just twelve train cars behind, and then at one point there's three, and then at another point they're back to five, and then at one point there's six like one scene later, and then it's back to three, and then it goes back down to I mean it's all over the place, and no one notices. <laughs> None of the kids notice. Oh, I mean, and that's another thing. They when uh, they have to ski on top of the train. Yes, that's a scene. If you haven't seen the movie, they're skiing. They're skiing on top of the train. There's there's way more train cars than there should be. Um, so I and again, I know a it's a lot ma- of jumping. I know it's a magic train, but come on. <laughs> um, I wonder you know, if there's a reason for that. It's not like you're gonna accidentally toss in twelve cars when there was. Five I think it's four, it, it, honestly. Four. I think it may have been something of them wanting to just make it look cool because whenever it had the extra train cars, it looked nice okay, hang on, on the track. Hang on, you read into everything else, but you're gonna say, Oh no, it's just there because it looks cool. Yes, because there's no other explanation. There's only like really 12 kids, there's only 12 kids on the train. Why would they? What does each kid get his own car at one point that we just don't that we don't see? What if the number of cars was I'm winging it here <laughs> was showing his belief going up and down? Okay, that's good. That's really really good. Uh, you know, I got I got I got to <laughs> give it to you that. I got to give it to you that one. Or let's say your theory is completely wrong and it's just a bunch of kids. What if it's when they get, because all this car inconsistency, not all of it, most of it happens when they get to the North Pole. So what if it's a magical convergence of a bunch of different trains pulling into the North Pole? That very but well we be only follow the, one. the ones on. So that would mess up my theory, though. But then again, if That's they're using I magic. I just said yeah, if you didn't. I, well, I know. But, but, but then again, if they're using magic, though, then it probably doesn't matter because they can be in multiple places at the same time. You know, the other thing that I don't understand is that entire car that we're in, the one car that, uh-huh. that Hero Boy and Hero Girl are in, is full. Mm-hmm. But when they're at the North Pole, there's only like eight kids. I know, right? It's Standing like, in the middle of all those elves. <laughs> so, so, again, maybe they split off into groups. As a Canadian who's gotten to witness beautiful northern lights... That is one of the things that I love. The northern lights in this are beautiful. I, well, so much of this is beautiful, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> it is. And, you know, that's one other thing. One of the theories is when, when they're doing an overhead shot, um, they're flying the, the gifts into uh, Santa's sleigh. 
you see the rooftops of all the el- elf homes or whatnot, yep. and the smoke coming out of them looks like the Northern Lights, almost as if the Northern Lights are powered by the North yeah. Pole, which is, which I think so is a really really cool theory. Pollution is our beauty. <laughs> I want that as a shirt. <laughs> Kelton, her son, just walked in. She says, their pollution is our beauty. He's like, wait a second, hold up. Um, but, I mean, it technically is true. Um, and, you know, and, and again, the, the, that's another gripe that people have about the movie is when the elves. The el- the, a lot of people found the elves creepy. Um, and I would say not really, except for the last one. That talks to uh, Billy. Trust me. It's like gold. <gasps> it's oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> that uh, in my in my notes because there there weren't I didn't have a lot of notes for this one because mm-hmm. again it's not like a regular movie where you've got stuff that people you know accidental stuff and whatnot like there's been a bunch of trains appearing out of nowhere. <laughs> but when anybody says anything that even sort of sounds like that in that tone. Trusting them is going to be the last thing you do. Exactly, and and he's like, and he's like, come on, let me give it. To he's like, he's like, give it to me. He goes, I'll make sure. He's like, trust me. And you actually, I watched. He actually flutters his eyes a little bit. And I'm yeah, like, and no, no, that's oh, not cool. I'm keep my present. Thanks. Yeah, it's like no. I mean, are you going to strap Bye. a bomb to it? I mean, <laughs> that that is like the what a supervillain would say. Um, so. I could see that aspect of it, and of course, you also have a cameo by Aerosmith. Um, they're the Elf Band at the very end of it, and they wait—they are. Yeah, yeah. That's I Steve. thought it was just Steven Tyler. No, no, it's it's the band. The the, oh. the band is there. Is he's actually the Elf? Wait, hang on. Right what? There's what? There's more. There's oh, at the very bottom. Steven Tyler, Elf Lieutenant. Oh, yeah, that's his actual title. He's elf the elf lieutenant. lieutenant. Yes. Um, you know, I wonder how much. I mean, he's on the soundtrack, which is a perfect seg- segue. Let's talk about the soundtrack for a second. Okay, so again, Alan Silvestri is the composer for all of the uh, cinematic uh, soundtrack. You know, the instrumentals, which amazing. I mean, it, it's just nothing but full of magic. Um, and then you also have uh, several songs that uh, do have. Words like the title track, Polar Express. You mm-hmm. have um, Spirit of the Season, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. And uh, the Mormon, Mormon Tabernacle Choir, they actually do a rendition themselves. What Christmas movie is your absolute favorite? Music. Uh, sorry, not movie. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. It's like. <laughs> um, but uh, the, there's a version mm-hmm. of uh, the Mormon t- uh, Tabernacle Choir. They do a rendition of it, which is, again, magical. Very, very awesome. Um, but you also have, um, and of course you have a couple of other cl- uh, Christmas classics, you know, yeah. Let It Snow. and Because yeah. um, when they're going through the North Pole, you have different m- music being piped through the North Pole. And so you have, um, yeah, I'm not going to remember which ones, but some really old, old music. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's it's really, it, it ad- obviously adds a lot and to. Josh Groban. Yes. And Josh Groban. Um, Singing Believe. Which is so our youngest listens to music to fall asleep. He has four, well, with me, anyways, he has four songs that he listens to two from Steven Universe, one from The Flash, uh, 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 uh running, running Home, home to, to you. you, yeah. And then he ends his four songs with Believe. 
And I could literally listen to that song all day long. I love that song so much. And for him, he's told me that he thinks it's magical. That it makes him feel so, ah, as he says. (laughs) (laughs) It gives him the remembers. uh, (laughs) Another thing he says. Um, Tom Hanks does Hot Chocolate. He sings that, which is a number in the movie, which is... You know, it's uh, very, very swinging and it's uh, he does, a, again, a really, really good job. And, and characters for that, they're my least favorite characters. The dancer, butlery, server people. The servers, yes. The servers, they, they look, are all they dead face. Dead they're, they're just... They're they're not, fl- and it's surprising because I wa- we got the deluxe, ver- deluxe version, which has clips from them doing the motion capture and the dancers they got... They're were amazing. Yeah, it was the, amazing to watch that. So I'm not sure what translation, what was lost in translation there. All of it. <laughs> all of it was lost in translation because they literally look like they are dead inside. Um, and then the uh, the other guys, the chefs, look like elastic people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're... Actually, you know what? I equate it to Matrix Reloaded when Neo is fighting all the different Smiths and he turns into Rubber Man Man. Um, and that's kind of what the chefs are like when they're tossing out the hot chocolate. So they're, no. so okay. so those are a little bit, they, those are off. I'll give, uh, that'll be one point for Uncanny Valley there. Actually, that'll be two points uh, if we're going from uh, talking about the uh, people from uh, earlier. I can't remember who you were referencing now. But what? Uh, the, the one other character that had, that, that was kind of dead inside. I didn't say anything about it. No, no, there was was one other character that we talked about. Anyway, um, so the music is awesome. I, you know, it's one that we listen to. The the soundtrack is one we listen to all the time. We'll go ahead and link to that on uh, on the post on Azuki as well. It's on Spotify or you can, uh, you'll be able to purchase it on Amazon as well. Um, So the, from the music to the CGI to the, um, Actually, you know, and and this is something that I'm just seeing right now for the fir- for the first time. Um, so there's alternate versions. I'm looking on IMDb, uh, which what? has a lot of you know like little bits of trivia and whatnot. They're saying that um, on ABC Family or Freeform when they air it, the first hobo scene is cut entirely, um, which uh, results in the hero boy finding the light from uh, beyond that abruptly disappears for uh, for his reaction. The scene where the conductor explains the first gift of Christmas was cut as well, skipping to the scene where the elves appear. That's why would you cut those out? I mean, I know they got to trim stuff for time, but why that? I, I mean, and, and I mean that's one of the things in uh, the movie where you know, going back to my theory about uh, you know it being the family, you know, not talking about the mm-hmm. the, the cutscene, but just showing that in my in my opinion, everything was kind of pre-planned from. The father saying right before he closes the door, a freight train wouldn't wake him up, all the way through express to express train. Did he say? I thought he said. Oh, he did say. Did say express train, which makes sense. Polar Express. Um, but then you also have the uh, scene where he's talking about the first gift of Christmas, and he's like, and he's going to choose one of, and he just looks right at Hero Boy, goes one of you, and I'm sorry if I was one of those kids, I would have been like, dude. So, so you're just telling us now that he's going to get it, and you know, I mean, they could they could have taken wagers because it was very obvious. I mean, <laughs> very, <laughs> very obvious. Um, but 
so I don't know why they would have cut that part out. That doesn't make sense. You know, no. It kind of leaves things kind of floating. Um, I really do think that. Uh, well, if nobody has a theory, though. That is true. Um, go, you know, talking about uh, the performances, I would say the person that that wins the award obviously is Tom Hanks. Uh, not only for all the multiple roles that he plays, but I mean Tom Hanks, and because yeah. Tom Hanks. I mean the the way he emotes with uh, the hobo. Uh, well, actually, with both the hobo and uh, the conductor, the, the only one who doesn't have any emotion is Santa, and the father, for that matter, too. The fa- I mean, though they keep the father really low key. And at the very end, I like how he's playing it off. He's like, "Oh, sorry, your your bell's broken. Uh, sorry, sport." You know, I mean, he just acts all nonchalant. Um, but you know, with um, the conductor, with how exasperated he gets, and then uh, with the hobo. With him having that raspy, breathless uh, laugh uh, whenever he's talking to him, you know, constantly asking him if he wants a cup of Joe, um, you know, th- just the way he did that, you know, was able to perform all those different roles, different characters, you know, or, you know, and with similar but completely different personalities. Um, I think that I mean again, Mr. Hanks. If you ever watch this, uh, would love to talk to you about all of that. And I know I already sent you a tweet, but I might have to send you a few more. If you guys are watching this and you would like me to talk to Tom Hanks, it's a long shot, but I'm, I believe in Christmas miracles. Uh, tweet. Um, what, 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 I'm coming up with this on the spot. Uh, Hanks and Coco. <laughs> I'm rolling with it. I'm just going to do it. Hanks and Coco. Um, and he's going to be like, what are you doing? What? But if we get a bunch of people, you never know. Um, so anyway, <laughs> it is a family tradition. This is a movie that we absolutely love. It is. Wait, are we winding down? Hang on. Oh. You the, forgot the, something. Oh, what did I forget? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Back to the Future thing. So there's one thing you forgot to mention. <coughs> When Santa goes to disappear. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, actually, and looking at this, there's also another part to this. Mm-hmm. 1955. Mm-hmm. The, the, I, well, obviously, I didn't know that until tonight that it was supposed to take place in 1955. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was in the 50s. But 1955, the year that Marty travels back. But also, when, uh, and of course, you got the flux capacitor in the train. When hey, Hang on. 1955, where does he go back to? Hill Valley. And what's the name of the mall in Hill Valley? Twin Pines Mall. Then it turns into Lone Pine Mall. Guess where the Santas are Are on strike. Shut up. Shut up. I didn't notice this. All right. Wait. What? 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 How? It was my, just on a trivia thing that I saw. My, my head is exploding right now. Yeah. I did the not Santas know that. Santas were twin. What did you say? Twin Pines? Twin Pines yeah. Mall. Yeah. That's where they're on strike. Or right, not rioting. <laughs> <laughs> Is on, was on strike? What did it say? What did the newspaper say? Yeah, they were say? striking. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Santa's yeah. on strike. Back to my... There you go. Wow. You're welcome. And then, of course... That's why I said it was for later. When that, I was... You... Wow. You dropping the knowledge on me. I didn't... Wow. Okay, so... <laughs> Santa went uh, to disappear. Yeah, when he goes to disappear... Oh. He, you know, he's going and he, you know, he does the whole whip to light up the tree and then he spins it around and he keeps okay, on. F- wait, hang on. <laughs> Go ahead. The whip is so cool. Don't worry. He doesn't whip anything. But the whip is Northern Lights. It's so cool. Okay, mm. I'm done. So uh, he's 
you know, flying the sleigh around, you know, kind of flexing on the elves, like, look, I'm Santa, you know, and um, I just got no, but not, but, <laughs> but if you look at it, it's the same thing that Doc did when he had the first hover conversion. He flies up, goes, and then turns around and takes off. So Santa's just gaining up momentum to get up to 88 miles per hour. Not only that. But if you go with your theory mm-hmm. and they're trying to make it so that he never stops believing until he gets to the Santa part. And then if you stop believing when you're Santa, then, then it doesn't work. <laughs> Anyways. But if he's there and he's flying around and everything, you're not going to forget that. This is very because true. Because he's like, there's magic dust and he's cracking his whip. And he's flying like really, really, really low. Lighting the tree. And, and then, and of course, know it all. He's he's an elf. So he's looking like, yeah, th- yeah it's kind of par for the course. You do this every single year, man. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so, but he's going and he's flying and then he disappears and it looks exactly like when the DeLorean disappears, except for it's not fire. It just... Magic. This magic dust and northern lights stuff mixed together, and they and it even and it sounds goes, like the bell, and it disappears, and, then, and it trickles down, and then the elves are like, "Is he gone? Is he gone?" Whoa! <laughs> and it's like, "All right, we're on a break for one night," and then they have to start the process. And did all you over. notice which where he disappears? It's in front of the clock. In front of the clock. I did. Okay, so I did notice this, but I didn't put those together. Okay. All right. <laughs> What if, what, oh man, what if the, no, no, because the clock, the clock tower stopped working in 1955. So that wouldn't work. That the, the, I, I'm reading too deep into that at that time. Because the clock, but the, then again, the clock what face looked very similar to the clock tower in Back to the Future. Anyway, so it's a mix of Back to the Future. It's a mix There's of. There's also a train in Back to the Future. Yes, it Three. is. You know, which in a way. If we're going with the back to the all right, so we got two different universes here on theories because that would mean then that that train is the same train that Doc uses at the very end of Back to the Future Three, except for he didn't put like all the crazy fins on it yet, or you know like the fire coming out of the engine to where it was the hover train yet. He was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna use this to deliver presents for a while. And part of my theory was was that the hobo was Vern and that the conductor was Jules. So you had Jules, Vern, and then you had um, uh, Doc as Santa. So that's <laughs> another theory that probably makes no sense, but I'm just still going to roll with it. Um, <clears throat> so it, uh, she's pulling up a few more things here. Oh, yeah, there's one more thing that she want to look up. Uh, what do you got? Hang on. Okay, I'm... Uh, <laughs> um, but so the, the uh, one thing that I'm really upset is um, I'm but so yeah um but so that that that's uh, that's that's the new phrase that's what all the kids are saying you know no. um, <laughs> nobody says that <laughs> I just said it um, <laughs> I'm so tired um, this movie was in IMAX though and I really do wish that we had have had a chance to see it when it came out on IMAX but you never know. Uh, whenever they do like the um, 25th anniversary or whatever, they may bring it back to theaters uh, in mass uh, release. But uh, did, did you find what you were looking for? I'm still looking. Hang on. She's 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 still looking for. Oh, I know. I know it's in the trivia. I just realized it's in the trivia. Anyways, okay. The train um, is based on a real life train. 
Oh, um, oh, you mean the uh, like like the 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 type of train? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to, you know, I can't even find where they put the trivia because I was looking at it a little. Oh, here we go. So the type of train that it is based on is, um, you can scroll through there if you can find it. But one thing I will say, though, is going back to, full circle back to Bryson City where we actually went and rode the uh, Polar Express. Um, they actually have a steam engine that they use uh, at the, not a steam engine, um, mm -hmm. yeah, a yeah, steam engine uh, that they fully restored and that pulls the train now so it has a little bit more of the uh, realism of the movie. I think um, they started that two years ago now? Two, yeah, two or three. Oh, not three. No, two years no. ago. Um, but uh, the... This train is based on the uh, Pair Marquette 1225, a restored steam locomotive located in uh, Owasso, Michigan. Um, and the, oh, I didn't know this. Many of the film's train sound effects are recordings of the act that actual train. It is one of the largest operational steam trains in the country, or was, sorry, at the time. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of history that uh, is put into this movie. Again, it's one that we absolutely love. We, you know, we watch it obviously every single year. Um, we listen to the soundtrack all the time. Highly recommend it. This one gets uh, definitely multiple thumbs up from the entire family. Um, we encourage you guys to, if you've never watched it, to watch it. If you have watched it before, watch it again. Um, and listen again, to the music. I'm going to have links to everything in here. So the book, the movie, Blu-ray, the soundtrack, the whole nine, there'll be uh, links in there. Probably do the same thing for um, White Christmas as well. Any movie that we discuss, we'll figure out a way, especially some that maybe like Hallmark or Lifetime movies that are on DVD or whatnot. Mm -hmm. We'll go ahead and uh, figure out a way to show you guys how to gain access to them if you've never seen them before. Doing a little bit of work here uh, or talking about uh, the show. We are now on iTunes, um, so you can uh, find the show on iTunes as well. Um, I'm working on getting this one on Spotify as well as Google Play. Uh, you can also go to Podbean. That's where uh, the site is, or the the show is hosted as well. So be on the lookout for that. Obviously, we would love for you guys to subscribe to the channel, so that way you can get no oh, and then hit notifications, so you can get the notifications of when we have new episodes. We recorded this one and we're posting this one a day late we normally we will have releases on saturdays wednesdays and saturdays um but we wanted to do this one after we watched it on polar express day because it's a special day so that being said i think we're pretty good with this one yeah i'm ready for bed she's ready for bed it's 11 30 uh thank you guys for sitting with us for an hour um or hour ish uh, uh, you know, we always love talking about Christmas movies, talking about Christmas in general. We have obviously that's why we made a podcast <laughs> about Christmas. Do you have the? We don't have the list uh, with us for the next episode, do we? Okay, so on the Facebook page, if you are on Facebook, go on to uh, you know do a search for hot chocolate and snowflakes. You can. Uh, we would love for you to like the the page there, and you'll get you know updates of when. New episodes are coming. You'll also get updates for with, with some recipes. Are we pre 
telling people what we're doing. Wait, 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 which episode? Uh, yeah. Um, well, um, well, which we did last time. Um, we uh, with uh, White Christmas, and we. Uh, I mean, we'll, we might we we're deciding on whether or not we're going to actually put ske- a schedule out of which ones we're going to do. The, yeah, I don't know where your notebook is that has the list. I think it might be over in the living room. Anyway, well, I'm um, stuck and I can't get it. So, <laughs> so. Uh, We'll probably post on the Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram, which you can follow us on there. I'm going to go ahead and put that uh, somewhere on the video. I'm going to add that in post. Um, But if you're listening to this and not watching the video, it'll be in the liner notes, and you'll be able to find it there too. Um, But uh, we'll we'll go ahead and post up uh, what the next episode's going to be probably leading up to it, and you guys will be able to – we'll be very excited to have you guys join us for the next episode. So until then – Thank you guys so much for watching Hot Chocolate and Snowflakes. I'm Kenny. And Natasha. We will talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye.